everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast. Keeping it real, Jim, Roth, and Chris Carl here today, all together, <laughs> live from the racetrack here at Santa Anita. Um, wow. we, have, we have a lot to, I, I had an extra shot of espresso yeah, my coffee you did. this morning is what I'm saying. Seabiscuit up in that. <laughs> exactly. Um, wow. So, that's the way you get a podcast. <laughs> that's how we're that's getting how it with neighing. Look, look, somebody, somebody's going to take on Greg Miller's excess <laughs> energy that he left in the building. We're, we're keeping it so, really real. Um, so, uh, we I have know, a lot. I took a volume. Uh, volume? Well, a volume. <laughs> we have actually quite a bit to talk about this week. So, yeah. I am going to, that's part of the reason why I'm talking so fast. Uh, we got a lot to get through in a in, uh, period of time here because, folks, this week, we have a very special guest on Keeping It Real. So exciting. At the end of this podcast, we'll do our usual podcast, and then uh, at the end will be a bonus part yeah. where Roth and I were joined today by a very special guest. Roth, tell the folks who we had. We are going to talk to none other than we're kicking Chris out. Yeah. By yes. That's also Sorry. very obvious. I don't get to stay. <laughs> no. Out, out with you, ginger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no more ginger in this <laughs> room. No more ginger in this room. Um, so Lance Reddick, who's going right. to talk about John Wick, which is yes. a film we love. Yeah, we um, named we it the best it. action movie of 2014. There you yep. go. And yeah. he is here for the Blu-ray release of that awesome movie, and we, we talk about some other things. Yeah. We talk about his TV stuff, everything. But uh, that'll be at the end of the podcast. We'll do our usual one. So, so you stay have to tuned wait. for that very special stuff that Chris Carl won't be part of. <laughs> yeah, um, won't so, be seeing me. Uh, I want to uh, start as always with the box office, and we're not gonna we're not gonna necessarily like go over what they made. But I wanted to say that there were two very notable bombs last weekend. Now, American Sniper is still. Uh, kick and tail at the box office, and it's expected to this this Super Bowl weekend as well. It's quite the phenomenon. But you know what was not quite the phenomenon this weekend? Two things: Mordecai, starring Johnny Depp Boy. and a bunch of people, a uh, bunch of people stars, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then Strange folks. Magic, a George Lucas penned, fantasized, uh, fa uh, animated fantasy musical. Fantasated, fantasated. Folks, I, I make I like up that. the words. Um, We're fantasizing here. Uh, that's not a huge surprise, though, either one. And we kind of called yeah. it last week. Yeah. It, we, we especially called it, I'm afraid to say, because I, I, like, I like Johnny Depp, but we did say that despite predictions, we thought Mordecai was going to open lower than Strange Magic. Yeah. Sure enough, it did. Yeah. It's the new Black Hat, people. It opened at <laughs> $4.2 I think Black Hat actually made 4.4. I might be wrong. Wow. Um, and In either case, neither you know, of those are good openings. Yeah, Hollywood all. wants all the bombs out of the gate right now so well, we can get on to good season. stuff. this is dumping season. I mean, we're in the yeah. middle, like, we know this, that this is yeah. the season where all of the movies go to die, you know? And then <laughs> some, and then, right, but then yeah. some, some, some surprise, like uh, yeah. American Sniper, you know? We also have Seventh uh, Son coming up, which has been kind of kicked down the road now for a couple of years. I just yeah. think it's funny that How Eddie Redmayne, and Julianne Moore are probably both going to win Oscars, and they have these big, very risky, potentially horrible flops, flops. On, on their hands. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, he's the bad guy, and she's the villainess in Seventh Son. Yeah. So I'm just how saying, get bad, those Oscars, folks. How bad do we think? Oh, okay. So do we think that Jupiter Ascending or Seventh Son? Which one do we think is going to be the worst movie? I don't know. Well, I mean, I uh, the buzz out of Jupiter. Sundance is that Jupiter Ascending was not so great, and it, yeah. they wouldn't let press in yeah. to the screening. That's I know a couple of guys who snuck in. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so no press allowed. And the screening was half empty, apparently. Screening too. half empty. Yeah. Was which is what happens when you kiss all the, kick all the press out. Yeah. <laughs> like the screen, no screening there. So, which is going to be worse? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I actually hate playing that game. I hope they're both good. But I, they I, hope, I mean, won't be. look, I loved Cloud Atlas. I remember hearing I? some negative buzz on that. And I thought it was great, but it I did. did too. It did bomb, but. Yeah, no, I love Cloud Atlas too, and I will defend that movie. I know that a lot of people didn't enjoy it. I really did enjoy it, um, took it for what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, we are hearing but, some not good things. But let's, let's let, real uh, quick in closing on last weekend's box office, Johnny Depp, now this is his third major bomb in a row, and he was a supporting player in Into the Woods, which is a hit, but what does, what does Johnny have to do to get his groove back? He's doing Pirates 5 now, and he just, uh, they just, finished um, Alice in Wonderland too, so I guess. Those will make money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then he sure. has a, a movie um, that I'm looking for too, I mentioned is one of my must-sees for 2015, Black Mass, which is gonna be him playing a human being again, a monstrous <laughs> human being, but an actual real person. Life person, uh, yeah. So, do you, are we gonna need to see more of that and less of this, I'm Johnny and I do a bad British I accent. I actually yeah. think, you know, it's funny because he's playing Whitey Bulger, who mm -hmm. is a horrible, murderous gangster, as you very well know. <laughs> um, and you, you've done tons of research into him, him, but I don't necessarily think that that is the answer because I feel like he could very easily slip into a big character, caricature kind of thing with that person too. I feel like he needs to play like, and I don't know why this person's on my mind today, but like a Jimmy Stewart type. Hmm. Just play a man who is the... And I hate to use this term, but the everyman. Well, You've got to go so far away Jimmy from Stewart, being... It would be interesting to see him do like Harvey or something. Yeah. Because it's still in his kooky wheelhouse, but like kind of take the edge off it a little bit. But. We I, love Johnny Depp. I'm sounding so negative today. I love Johnny Depp. But yeah, I like him too. I want him, I want him back. I want my Johnny Depp. <laughs> I want my Johnny back. I saw Crybaby on TV oh, the other day. Ah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it's just... You know, I think I think he kind of went against the the the, the good looking man thing yeah. for a long time. I would like him to, I would Tell like me to see about him, it. I'd like to see him return <laughs> to a role where he's like a suave dude, you know, yeah. like where he's an actual like he's a good looking guy still. I think he's fifty one now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he's still uh, he and Tom Cruise just don't age. <laughs> that's I, right. I, I, I would love to see him get in a role that's like that, like leading man who isn't quirky <laughs> necessarily. You know, it's interesting, like you were mentioning, um, Woody Bulger, he kind of did the crime thing with uh, Public Enemies, and and, below. and and yeah, and but and, and Donnie Brasco, and Donnie Brasco, and I liked Public Enemies fine, but I feel like it wasn't at Donnie Brasco level. Oh, Donnie yeah, Brasco no. was like a tour de yeah. force, and Public Enemies is kind of just a different film. I I think he wasn't in the worst thing in that movie though. He was he was fine, but he right. needed. Uh, that movie's problems were on paper, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. For sure. Um, but let's uh, let's move on from Mr. Depp because uh, I'm afraid like. Uh, so many folks have just been kicking him while he's down, yeah. and and look, we've all we you know, when you have three big flops in a row, yeah, that's the conversation, man. I that's... think it's such a human thing to do something and get praised for it, and then overdo it. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like really, like it's an addictive thing. I think. Yeah. Where you and he's a human being. Yeah. You know. But he, he went too far down the well of like basically playing human Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> right. And he needs to get back to. Like Finding Neverland, things like that, yeah. where you saw what's what's eating Gilbert Grape. Like mm -hmm. yeah. play, play Benny a and person June. again. You know, yeah. even Donnie oh. Brasco, he was yeah, right? he was a regular kind of so dude. Good. Like yeah. well, Benny and June, he wasn't a regular dude, but he was doing something that was charming yeah. whilst being and kind of like his that and Edward Scissorhands were like 
his first times kind of after Jump Street, the TV show, not the movie, uh, where he was showing like, I'm not just the pretty boy brooding guy on TV, I'm an actor, I'm well, quirky, and that's, yada, yada. And I think you're right, like he made a very conscious decision, or you said this actually, to move away from that, yeah, to, for sure. to not be a teen beat star, because that's what he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, people probably don't remember that or Did know that. Did you have a like, uh, Tiger Beat uh, foldouts of him? I have no idea when you were a little kid. I'm, I'm 21 years old, so. <laughs> no, of course, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's move on though from Johnny Depp, because I'm sure we'll, uh, We'll probably have more to talk about him and his other projects coming up. Uh, we have a lot of stuff uh, on the comic book movie front and just in the genre movie front in general that dropped this week. Starting, well, actually, Curse of the Podcast that dropped right after we got out of the other one <laughs> yeah. last week. So let's get that out of the way real quick. X-Men Apocalypse has cast Young Gene, Young Scott, Young, young Storm. Uh, we have Sophie Turner, uh, Sansa Stark. Doc Sansa. Doc Sansa no. is our new Jean Grey. Um, no Alexandra Shipp no. is Aurora. No. <laughs> uh, is Aurora. Aurora. God. Storm. That's why I was. <laughs> She's Storm. And then Ty Sheridan from Mud is uh, Young Cyclops. Yes. Approve like that. Yeah, totally like that approve. Um, it's I am so into Sophie Turner as yeah. this character I think because she's fantastic. Choice. Right, and we've seen seen a little bit of duality with her on Game of Thrones. Finally, finally, yes. with, so that with character didn't have a lot of dimension yeah. for she, a while. She we didn't. were waiting, but, but now we've <laughs> seen that. Game. We've seen that with the introduction of Dark Sansa and her kind of. Did you coin that Dark Sansa thing? No, like, I think it's on like. I mean, it's on like you know well, like there's the like she's got the outfit. She's got the outfit. She looks like a Disney villain. It's like the flip know, that happens like in Legend. Legend with yeah. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, there is that flip. With, and I, and she's well, got that awesome dress. We're going to talk about Legend later. Um, but Dark <laughs> and then also I had, I remember when I asked sort of on Twitter, what do you guys think? And somebody was like, I like all of it, but maybe not this this Ty Sheridan guy. And I'm like, well, did you see Mud? Because mm. he's terrific in Mud yeah, and yeah. Tree of Life. I mean, um, let's face it though, young Cyclops, mm. he's going to be the stick in the mud, no pun intended. Um, because oh. he doesn't really have, he has to play like the uh, the straight man really to these more colorful yeah. characters, and he has to he has to be a little bit brooding. I think Ty Sheridan can do that. He can know? do that without making it. I think sulky. he will still he will not be sulky and obnoxious. He won't seem like a bratty kid um, because he has that grit to him, and he sort of played those characters already a little bit. He's got like a quiet angst or quite a wounded vulnerability they he might does say. and you saw that definitely in tree of life i think in mud he he even had more charm in mud than mm. he necessarily he was a little bit more of a bitter pill i think in tree of life than, than mud um for me that's um, that's the malik effect that's probably. the malik effect yeah. Yeah. but and i don't mean that it how can is, you as not a, be charming when you're hanging out with the reconnaissance yeah that's right. <laughs> mud, so, right? I, and i don't mean to say to somebody that hasn't seen those films like that's those were smaller films and i don't expect yeah. everybody to have seen them you should um, you should check out both of them i'm i'm mixed on tree of life but i love but fun. i would i yeah i was gonna yeah. say i would especially recommend and i said to this person like this gentleman who was very sweet i said you should really watch mud because it's yeah. great it's on i think it's on amazon prime if you have that it's yeah. on I think it's also on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, Alexandra Ship. I have to. I'll, I'll admit, I have not seen her in anything. She's yeah. done a couple of TV things that are geared towards people less than half my age. So I'm, <laughs> I, I guess I'll have to watch those now. But um, so she, to me, is the big question mark because I simply don't know her work. Um, but that is not the only Fox Marvel project that reared its head in the last week. 
we finally, finally got to see something from Fantastic Four. Trailer yes. dropped this week. Now, Carlito and I, we did a whole conversation about that. Roth, we have not heard your thoughts. What did, did you, you think of the Fantastic Four trailer? I liked it. I mean, you know, it's funny because, and I, if you guys have already said this, I didn't watch your conversation because I'm oh, actually thanks. terrible I actually colleague. wasn't on the conversation. <laughs> it, Wait. Was, uh, oh. it was Jim and Joshua. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have no time for you today, Chris. <laughs> I've got no opinions on this. <laughs> Let's okay. just hear from, Let's Rock, hear from please you too. We, we couldn't suck more as colleagues. Like, yeah, or I guess it's us <laughs> right now. All right, so. What did you guys, let's start with you, Roth. Uh, what did you guys think of the Fantastic Four trailer? Um, I liked it. I think you, you and I, I emmed about it a little bit. It had a lot to overcome in terms of, I think, negative will among mm -hmm. the fan base. Also, I had nowhere um, to go but up. Either. And it also had yeah. nowhere to go up. up. A lot well, of people have said this, so I won't be saying. I don't know, though. Like, they could have presented some garish, horrible monstrosities <laughs> that would have just been a joke to everybody. That's true. And they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked, you know, I won't be the first person to have said that it did feel a lot like Interstellar. Um, but the trailer. The trailer, yeah. the trailer yeah. not the movie, but the trailer felt a lot like an Interstellar. But I dug it. I thought it was a cool tone. Like, it's, it's it felt like an interesting sci-fi movie to me. Um, it, the tone is very grim, and it's interesting ben. to me. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? Ben. Oh, we need the ben bell. Grim. We got to bring the bell back. Ben Grimm, I'm sorry. Ben, ben. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about, Ginger? <laughs> what know. are you talking about? He's a big, rocky <laughs> guy without pants. <laughs> Ripping on the ginger. I love gingers. Um, All right, cool. I always used to wish I had. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> there are props Stay on for target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Um, I do think the tone is a is a little grim. I do think it's just kind of like, why? Is it Fantastic Four it, name only? Then are it's these? Is, this, like, is there you know? going to be an element of Fantastic? The Fantastic? Yeah. Is there going to be some fun in this? Well, is there going Joshua Yell, our yeah. our comics editor, and Chris, you could probably speak uh, uh, to this a little bit, but he had pointed out and a few other folks too, but that is actually more in keeping with the original early issues of Fantastic Four where they were freaked out by their yeah. powers. They were wearing street clothes and Johnny yeah. was working on his car. So they're actually, once, once you're reminded of that, it actually made me a little bit more optimistic for the movie. I had always been like a wait and see. I've been down this path before with these movies, but do you, you know, knowing that, do you think that the, um, do you think that it is a Fantastic Four in name only movie, or does it look to you like it is gonna be a superhero movie, maybe they're holding that back a bit? Well, I mean, no matter what, if they tackle that origin and they get powers and they're, you know, dealing with that aspect um, and the powers come, this year, this this way, they don't really come from the cosmos. They come from a different dimension, right? So yeah, like, which I like. I like that idea. I, I think that's a decent, you know, twist on it. Um, I think, you know, the the thing for me is like, I just I don't want this whole movie to be an origin story. That's really all we got mm. from the trailer, and probably rightfully so. But like, there are big question marks that the trailer left unanswered. I'll say, I love the trailer. Well, I didn't love the trailer. I like the trailer a lot. Um, but I don't. I feel like the the question marks are the things that everybody's kind of like. Okay, like, you don't. You haven't lost me. Yeah. You know, with that trailer. But now you have to win me over. Yeah, like yeah. you you haven't you you haven't made me not want to see your movie, but you haven't made me line up uh, or pre-order a ticket. Right after I saw the first Avengers trailer, I mean, I was I was like, you have the money. Like, yeah. where are the seats? <laughs> yeah, I want to sure. see this movie. The same thing. Um, the Guardians trailer was great. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to make that. 
comparison. But, I was I wasn't actually sold um, on the first Guardians trailer. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it looks okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I wasn't as we, we found the we really? found the one guy who had a muted response. No, it wasn't muted. It just was like it looks okay, and I'm I'm gonna wait and see. Yeah. You know. So and I love Guardians now. Like yeah. just yeah. love it. But yeah, well, I want to pose a question to the panel that comes from reader email. I got it working, people. Wow. Um, all right. So George writes in with a question. And it's regarding Fantastic Four and the trailer. I was wondering if there had ever been a case of a production studio purposely hyping negative rumors surrounding a movie. It seems like Fantastic Four has been marred in trouble during production. Then they finally released the first trailer, which does nothing uh, to wow audiences, but does it make people more curious about it? Intrigue grows, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, my bizarre theory is that perhaps Fox may have been leaking fake production trouble stories to quell audience expectation, what do you what do you say to George's? Uh, no, no, and also knowing Fox so. through this process, I just yeah. don't think that that's the case with this thing. I don't know. Maybe it's they been always done like happy stories. I, I think, think more so. Like every every once in a while, you get that movie that like tries to use its marketing to play against the fact that everybody mm. thinks it's awful. Like movie mm -hmm. forty three did that. Yeah. Like, um, is that the name of that movie? Movie forty three that. That fairly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah with the, they all basically the stars were just in it. like yeah. their poster was like the horrific reviews. You yeah. know, it was like, oh, <laughs> you, you'll hate this or whatever. And I, well, obviously, it didn't work. Um, I've seen that a couple times. I haven't known, and maybe somebody's too savvy for this yeah. to be known. But like, I've not known somebody to leak stuff to to cause a negative reaction. However, I do think studios once in a while will leak stuff to see if they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. that's that's. They'll say, "Oh, here, here's some toys." Yeah, that's, you know? they'll do trial balloons, and yeah, exactly. They'll leak either an image or right an idea, a plot point, stuff, stuff like that will leak, um, and it is, or even an idea for a future film. Yeah. Um, and those are trial balloons. They are looking to see what the response is to test the heat on it. Um, even like teasers at Comic-Con or like test footage and stuff like that. We've seen yeah. that happen for sure. But and Gossip Girl had an awesome ad campaign that used their negative reviews in the ad campaign. Gossip like, Girl, really? Yeah, Gossip Girl did. It was like it was like completely devoid of morals. You know what I mean? And oh, it was just yeah. basically yeah. selling <laughs> every negative yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's that what my, my IGN job uh, ad that I responded to had too. And yeah. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Take I'm me. In. And I've been here I for years now. But now, I think it would be really, really shocking to me anyway, because I don't necessarily think... There's too much writing on this there, one. You don't want to play the negative. There's, there's too much writing on it, and also it assumes that at your average audience goer is paying any attention to any of this. They're mm. not. Yeah, no. We are. The people that, that read ID, ID you are. are. You are, and we love you for it. You. But like my brother like yeah, doesn't yeah. even know that this movie exists, and maybe the weekend that it opens, he will. So, if you, we only got had a, a sibling who could tell him these things. <laughs> but we I do tell him these things, and I'll like be like, oh, you know the Ghostbusters movie. He's like, what are you talking about? The yeah, Ghostbusters? I was just going to say that. We got a little bit of that with Ghostbusters and with Indiana Jones. Both of those properties, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people were like, what? This is like the first time they were hearing yeah. of female Ghostbusters. First time they were hearing of like completely. a reboot of yep. Indiana Jones, which to me is just like, of course they're doing a reboot of Indiana yeah. Jones. Let me ask a question then to the panel. Which reboot are you more scared about? <laughs> Indiana Jones... Or let, let's let's not say scared. Which one do you think has the bigger hill to climb to work? Ghostbusters. Rather than any other ones. I am not saying I am personally more... Okay, so on a personal level... And, and just to give you guys some context, the Indiana Jones thing is that 
Chris Pratt might be taking over as Indiana Jones in a reboot of the series. And Ghostbusters announced the four. Uh, well, the news is that Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon are your new Ghostbusters in a female-led reboot. Continue. So, so on a personal <laughs> level, um, I love Ghost. I love both of those. Like, yeah. I loved Ghostbusters the movies, and I love Indiana Jones the franchise. I think if I had to tip the scales a little bit, I was more attached to Indiana Jones. Mm. Um, growing up, and so yeah. I also love Chris Pat Pratt. Like, I yeah. love Chris Pratt. So there's, I feel more invested in wanting that to be a success. Like, I more emotionally need that to work, you know, because I'm like, I need this to work. <laughs> yeah. um, Ghost Samesies. Ghostbusters, though, I think, um, f j just from what I've seen, and again, I don't know how your average person would respond to it, it seems like it does have the bigger hill to climb. It doesn't mean that I am more scared for it, I think it's going to be exactly whatever it is. They have incredibly talented people involved there. And look, folks, just because there's new blood involved and it's going to look different and seem different than the old one, doesn't mean the old one, you, you can't pop it in and watch it again. You have a Ghostbusters game, you had the cartoon, you had two Ghostbusters movies. Ghostbusters is strong enough to withstand yeah, that's this kind of stuff. I, I do think that people have a right to be, you know, watch or not watch a sure. version of something that they don't like and and on, on first blush this sure. seems like maybe an idea like who is this for exactly you know like but i do think that for sony's investors <laughs> i think <laughs> well i mean and also just it's been a long long time yeah. since we've had a ghostbusters thing um i thought um dan Aykroyd made an interesting i think it was dan Aykroyd who made this comment who said um or no no it actually was ivan reitman who said you know if, if you cast a male all male ghostbusters those guys are all going to be judged against the original cast. Right. If you do an all-female cast, it's like, okay, people might not initially, and this is not Ivan Reitman talking anymore, mm. it's me. But if you, if you cast uh, females, female Ghostbusters, there's not as much discussion about that. It's more like the idea you like or you don't like. But I think both of these things are going to hinge on what we see next. It's like, yeah. the, it's, it, it Who directs all, it? You it know? All, Who's going to direct yeah, Indiana Jones? It'll you know? all be out the window if... Ghostbusters comes out and has an awesome trailer, and everybody's like, "That sounds super. That looks super funny." Yeah. Well, it'll also go out the window if Ghostbusters is just really good. I mean, if in, if we people like us will go to see well, yeah, it that's early, what I mean, if it's good. and if it's great, we will start going, "Holy!" You know, we've you guys, heard these kind of things before, and like anything that Lord and Miller were involved with yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. Ah, the Jump Street movie, boo, a Lego movie, boo, and then everyone loves them. I thought that Except way. For the I felt that way about Jump Street sitting down in the screening. I mean, I was like rolling my eyes, you like were ready. Yeah, I was. I had out. the knives out. I was ready. I love it so much, mm -hmm. and I, and I. So with Lego movie, I actually had a more optimistic take because I was like, I trust these guys to do whatever. The other really <laughs> recent example of this is Ben Affleck, like. There was the sky falling, nuclear yeah. war that whole first day, <laughs> Fallout. and then you know I think we I, I think we were all like yeah I don't I don't I know was, I mean, I was fine measured with him approach yeah. at least I'd like to wait and see yeah. what he looks like and he looks great in the yeah. suit and all that stuff and so like I think over time they built this like not that you have to build a case with the public but that's kind of what they did yeah. and like I think public opinion is now on the side of like at least wait and see, but Pe people now also. are, I, I feel like that we are almost now conditioned to 
root for Ben Affleck. There was a time there, a good 10 year spell, where you were rooting against this guy. Yeah. And I think just public sympathy, he has it on his side now. And it's a, it's, a, it's a coin that he has to, it's a currency he has to be very judicious in how he spends. And yeah. I think he is, the older, wiser Ben Affleck understands that. I will say that I have also heard incredibly good things across the board about the older and wiser Ben. And I'm talking about people that have been like PAs on his yeah, sets, yeah. that he is nice to everyone, yeah. including um, the PAs. Now, uh, one last thing about Indiana Jones is I would like to, we're assuming that they'll, since it is Disney, like uh, Star Wars is now owned by Disney, they now have Indiana Jones, uh, that Mr. Spielberg probably won't come back to direct it. Yeah. Um, off the top of your head. Nor will Lucas have any role in the story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Mr. Lucas, I don't know, why are they calling him Mr.? I feel like Mr. I work at the, the, New York, the, the New York Times, where everybody is Mr. and Mrs. or whatever. Um, I think Joe Johnston, who did Captain America, the first Avenger, and Rocketeer, and he did Jurassic Park 3, I feel is an underrated B-movie. Yeah, I'd like I to see him like take a too. crack maybe at it. A a anybody uh, off the top of your head you'd like to see? Brad Bird. Brad Bird, he'd be great yeah. actually. Yeah. I said the Russo brothers before. I know oh, should I contextualize who Brad Bird is? <laughs> Hey, right. Impossible. Mission Impossible, the last Mission Impossible film. He did that. Before that, he did The Incredibles. Uh, the Incredibles if Iron you Giant. Iron, Iron Giant, Giant, you know. Um, so and he's got Brad Tomorrowland is. coming out too. So. Yeah, Brad Bird. I think Brad Bird is like. I, he, he's he, not. It's weird. He he doesn't. Do that. I'm not saying you're lazy, but he doesn't do that many films. <laughs> Brad Bird? Brad Bird. Oh yeah, he's lazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Get Bird. on it, Birdman. Like, like he just doesn't do that many films, but I think he would be... Here's a, here's a little a little <laughs> tip, guys. Maybe if you take some time in between your movies and really like, <laughs> and get it right, your movies are all going to be good. All of his movies are good. That's one thing to he's got uh, He's got a good batting average. I love all of his movies. I think he has a great sense of fun and adventure and play. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly what Indiana Jones needs and I also think he has a very modern sensibility and he knows how to refresh a france franchise. And he gets good performances yeah. out of people. And he gets good performances. He's the fresh maker is what you're saying. He's, he's the fresh maker. He's like a mento. Fresh prince of Brad Pixar. Bird, the directorial mento. <laughs> those are those are our picks about uh, who we, we think off the top of our head we'd like to see possibly direct the next Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I want to hear from you guys in the comments. Uh, who you think, if it's not Spielberg, who should direct the next Indiana Jones movie? And I cut him off, but he said the Russo brothers. Oh, the Russo brothers, I Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Chris should direct it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so um, moving on from that, uh, let's see. We, I'm going to write off just some, uh, some news items. We don't necessarily have to comment on them, but so the folks at home know what is going on. Um, uh, Neil Druckmann, uh, getting his name right, right? Druckmann, yeah, um, said that The Last of Us uh, okay. movie is going to have some, quote, big changes. The new draft is in. I guess it's to be expected, but yeah. if there's anybody who's going to make changes to it, the dude who did the game, I yeah, think, I think you know. And, you know, you need to. I think um, just when, with games in general, you're, it's not the same medium. Yeah. So you're going to have to. And you want to surprise people, too. If yeah. they're watching the movie and they're like, well, I've gone through this story as uh, a bunch of times playing the game, it's maybe not as fun, but, uh, and then Chris White, an Oscar nominee for About a Boy, mm -hmm. but more importantly, the director of 
the Twilight Saga New Moon. Not uh, more importantly. <laughs> no, I, 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 I tease him, but he, he did, did it for he the paycheck, man. No, he really yeah. did it for the paycheck. Well, it's on his filmography, but the news <laughs> is that uh, he is oh, yeah. now the writer on the Star Wars standalone movie, taking over from Gary Wooda, that Gareth Edwards is, is uh, going to direct. Gareth Edwards, of course, Godzilla. So curious to see uh, what's going to happen with that. Uh, should we tell... Edgy of Four from Toy Years a Slave is uh, apparently uh, in talks with Marvel to join his 12 years co star Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. It's still fun in to Doctor say. Strange. You know? Uh, who do we think he's going to play? Some folks are like, well, maybe it's Baron Mordo, and, and people are like, no, uh, according to his. I, I, I forget, I think it was Hollywood Reporter said that uh, their sources don't think that's the case. Um, I have a theory. What do you do? What Drop do you it on us. Ancient one. Yeah. Just you because that. you've lived for centuries, why why do you have to look like we someone's in the We talked about man? this. We and we decided we decided that it was weird. I'll talk I'll talk for us. You do uh, that. But yeah, you could also be, be wizened. If you were gonna be ancient one and you had all this power, wouldn't you be looking good? I'd be looking good. I I'd would be, be looking great. But you don't even, I mean, Doesn't it's not mean like we've seen really stills like from the movie. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Could be a total spell, could be a yeah. glamour. Could yeah. also be the fact that he hasn't appeared in makeup and we don't know what his character is yet either. And so. then there are some folks <laughs> like, he should be Brother Voodoo. Don't yeah. argue with yeah. us. It could be kind of fun. I, I think you'd be fun as Brother Voodoo too. I'd love. I mean, if we are living in a world where like in Rocket Raccoon can be on the screen, then Brother Voodoo and all these like all these like characters that you probably never expected to be in a movie, they're gonna have their. They're time. gonna. Oh man, when Beta Ray Bill shows up on the big screen, I mean, that's, I'm telling that's you, when you know. Who's For the, Thor we know Ragnarok, who, really who knows he see. could? Yeah, I know. We know you really want to see the Moon Knight. Moon Knight. What? Wanted to see Black Panther. No. But that's happening. Moon Knight, Modoc. Yeah. Oh, yes. folks. Oh, yeah. I want to see Speaking about Black Panther, in our Lance Reddick interview, he's got a little wish list of projects, one of which is Black Panther. So maybe we can all kind of help. He doesn't want to play Black Panther, it's a different character. Well, maybe we can make that happen. But another Marvel. You mean the, like his father? Uh, do the, I have to spoil it now? Well, don't spoil it Chaka. for the people Fine. at home. Fine, I said it. Well, I mean, that's not, I mean, I, I don't think it's a spoiler because he's not. It's not like he's cast or anything. But like, it would be. Oh, once it's we said in the magic it. realm. <laughs> once it's on the <laughs> internet, it's even a suggestion. It's fact. And yeah, it's reported everywhere. IGN reports that it's you know. traveling down the, down the Bifrost. It's been, that's it's right. Been uh, another Marvel uh, bit of um, uh, speculation, uh, not speculation, but a report this week. Captain America: Civil War. We know that Daniel Bruhl from from Rush and Inglorious Bastards is going to be in the movie as the and villain. And the Fifth Estate. In the Fifth Estate. Thank you for. I was one of the five people who saw it. I know. Oh, I was I the saw fourth it. one. I saw oh, we have three of the five <laughs> folks hey, right here. Sixty percent. The uh, but uh, according to a casting call that was going out, um, they say he is Baron Zemo, and oh, I don't think he's going to be the purple. Himself. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the. I, I bet you he's not going to have the purple mask. I bet you they're going to do it more like a Bond villain. Yeah. Or something, yeah. You know, because yeah. if you get somebody like he's got a very expressive face and uh, kind of like. His eyes can kind of be both. Uh, He's a little squirrely, is what you're saying. Yeah, squirrely. like you, you want to be able to sure. use the expressions and stuff. So he I don't is so think good in Inglorious Bastards. He so, yeah. He's so good in everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's really. He's great in Rush. Yeah, he's yeah. a great actor. He was great in. Look, whether you like the movie or not, that's irrelevant, but he was great in Fifth, Fifth Estate. Estate. Yeah. With Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Um, Cumberbatch is a votes. <laughs> 
I'm going to throw out a couple of other news items there. We don't necessarily have to comment on them, but uh, Julia Roberts is going to produce and star in a feature film version of the Bat Kid documentary. I don't, I, I don't know if she's playing the boy's mom or a doctor or whomever, but that was kind of the, the last person I would have expected to get involved with the Bat Kid thing, but good, there, good there for Julia. Um, uh, an animated Jetsons movie is in the works at Warner Brothers. And, and some folks are like, isn't this just asking for like another Mr. Peabody and Sherman where it didn't connect with modern I audiences? I like that movie. I did. I, I like it too, but do we, do we the, pro, the, the issue was that it ultimately underperformed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, DreamWorks Animation just had a bunch of layoffs. They're outsourcing their animation to Canada. Um, do we think Jetsons is yeah. that not enough sort of in the... Still in the... the has its cultural, pop cultural moment Not in passed? the zeitgeist. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, I, I yes, probably, but like if again, if, if if they show something funny or good or whatever, I think we've we've now seen that things can be revived in a useful, cool way. Yeah. Um, whether there's they'll do some, that, I don't know. There's some really irrational part of me that's like, I feel like a live action version would work better. There's probably no truth to that. Done like the Brady I would lo- Bunch. No, I would love to Done see. Done like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis as George, yeah. or Jason <laughs> Bateman. Um, We're saying it in the magic room, uh, so. And uh, um, what's her face? Uh, Marina uh, Baccarin. Judy Greer yeah. as, as, uh, as Jane. What do you see? What do you want to see? And Marina? Sarah Silverman is the voice of Rosie and Danny DeVito as Mr. Spacely. So um, you're welcome, Danny Hollywood. Danny DeVito as Mr. Spacely is yeah, that's quite awesome. inspired. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see Marina Baccarin as? I Whatever. Was, I, was anything, just, I was just putting, I was yeah. just putting Marina Baccarin up. <laughs> we would like to as see. the voice of Astro. <laughs> yeah. John was, or John. What she am I did, talking about, she Jim? Did, she did a VO <laughs> she, on um, Flash, by the nice. way. Nice. As an, so. And guess who called it in the screening and was able to ask the producer right there? Was that Marina Baccarin? Nice. Because well, you recognize her voice. I recognize her voice. Oh, I'm the real Marina you're just, Baccarin You're fan. kind of a, you're <laughs> you are, kind of a stalker, then. I'm a presenter. <laughs> yeah. I, um, a couple of other things. Uh, the Huntsman, the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. We already knew it wouldn't have Snow White. But they're going to be short five dwarves. Uh, there's Ooh. only going to be two of the dwarves. <laughs> if we don't know which ones. We don't know which ones. <laughs> but Nick Frost is in it. Yeah. They're going to be short. I know. I did that on he, purpose. You did that on purpose. I'm the punster, dude. I'm the punster. <laughs> that would be of course I did that on purpose. <laughs> the punster. I know. And great. Now all the, the <laughs> this is where fantasy all... land dwarves are going to be out from my head because I made a funny. <laughs> you know? This is where it all falls apart. It is. Here. It is. It, um, it's already falling apart. Also, so so basically, we're we're going to we're it's a no Snow White and your Snow White sequel, and now only two of seven dwarves. Whatever. I don't get it, Hollywood. Why are you no. calling it? Aren't they just calling it the Huntsman now? The Huntsman. Yeah, it was yeah. never called the Huntsman and the Dwarves and the and the Snow White. They, just, they've already deleted Snow White. I, I like that. You, I hope that was the title because it sounds like some old guy from like <laughs> you know, New Jersey from like Teaneck. I had the Huntsman and the, the Dwarves, dwarves and the Snow White, and I'll the see you. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing if they, <laughs> that's how they chose to market that. It's film. Alan Arkins, the <laughs> Huntsman, the Snow White, and the with I, the Dwarves. I, I, the, there's a lot writing. In my mind, there's a lot writing on the success of that movie. For really? Hems- for Hemsworth. For Chris Hemsworth. Oh, oh. For Hemsworth. <laughs> I was yeah. like, there's nothing writing on the success of that movie. For, Coming is, off of Black for Hat. Chris Hemsworth, and... because if mm. he, if that movie is not a hit after the last one was such a hit, and people obviously attributed it to him, not her, 
because he's the guy coming back for the sequel, yeah. not Snow freaking White. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot, that, yeah. a lot riding on that. Um, the Snow, the, that movie though is one of those movies that I feel like, well, it's like um, that Hansel and Gretel movie. It could play really well oh, overseas geez. regardless and yep. still like make its money. I feel like that, you know, Chris Hemsworth is probably at some point going to be a bigger international star than he is just, you know, yeah. in the States. Yeah. Well, we if only, not already. We might be We, we don't have uh, too much time left, uh, so I just want to write off a couple of news items. We don't need to comment on them, uh, but uh, Emma Watson is going to play Belle in the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie, and then uh, the Super Bowl is this weekend. We're going to have a bunch of spots from Terminator Genesis, Jurassic World, Tomorrowland, Kingsman Secret Service, and uh, a, a nice little exclusive one that I, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah, we can't say anything. But uh, keep it locked on IGN for that. And then finally, Aquaman. Rumor has it Carl Urban might play the villain. Um, and the director buzz is that uh, Noam Morrow, I think I'm saying yeah. his name right, uh, who did uh, 300 Rise of the Empire. Good uh, choice. Might be the director. He's worked with Zack Snyder, so I think he's... He'll fit with that. And Jason Momoa saying, I'm not going to be blonde. My Aquaman's And he not said it blonde. just like that. You wouldn't yeah. expect him to be no. blonde, I think. And, and yeah. you know, honestly, I think that's a really good directorial choice. They were kicking around the guy from Mud, but I, yeah, I, I like, I like this better, way better. I think better it's fit. Like, um, I say yes to Urban in all of the things. Everything. <laughs> I, I want to, uh, uh, real quick, uh, we Still. had a reader email about Super Bowl. Will we? Can we expect a Batman v Superman trailer, asks Rashad. To which I say, Rashad, probably not. I doubt it. Because I, really I think we really would have known. Yeah. And uh, Warner Brothers, the last couple of years, has sat out the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, I just, no. Sorry, Rashad. But yeah. Well, I mean, have to keep waiting. But, it hey, could surprise us. Yeah. There's a lot riding on that movie, so, you know, that's a big stage. So it could su surprise us, but I think our sense is that it probably won't. Yeah, I think they not. don't want to share that stage with anybody else. I think when that trailer drops, they want that news cycle. They don't want to have to share it yeah. or compete they, with something else. But the truth is that if they dropped it there as a surprise, they would get that news cycle. Yeah. Unless true. unless people weren't nuts about what they saw. But I don't know. I guess that's it. That's that's the, the, the risk with any of this stuff. To me, they could it? drop what they showed <laughs> at Comic-Con yeah. and... To oh, everybody, yeah, yeah. and then and everybody, everybody would be on board, right? Then. And everybody yeah. would going be going ape. Yeah. You know? Um, going ape. Going uh, ape. And then, uh, finally, Roth, uh, real quick, Agent Carter revealed oh. a big revelation in the MCU. Uh, spoiler alert, but you want to tell folks, basically... Well, one of the characters who the Eric and I had been theorizing from the beginning was up to no good at all because mm -hmm. she just moved in. She she's basically Peggy Carter's na neighbor in this. Do you guys don't watch the show. Yeah, neighbors neighbors are never a good idea. They're never a good idea. Even obviously. in Captain America movies. Well, so, I guess actually his neighbor's Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. So this young lady. <laughs> yes. Um, came out out of nowhere and fought that killed this guy <laughs> with impunity very quickly in a style reminiscent of Black Widow. Uh-huh. And so she actually is, yes, she had trained in the program that would become the Black Widow program. It was revealed via our own Eric Goldman, and you should go read the dun, interview dun, 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 that dun, dun, on IGN.com where it is available to you. But yeah, there there was that tie-in. There was also So we're talking I'm about spoiling. Cold War era, like early stuff of uh, basically a Black Widow type program before uh, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha, Natasha. Yeah. exactly. So it's like a pre a lady, so precursor to that. Who this this woman trained in that, um, and she is fearsome. And um, there then there's also another Easter egg in the show. And I feel bad, but there's like an <laughs> Easter egg with should I be saying 
this stuff? Yeah, we, with we Captain America's um, blood. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing that will be up by the, on the site from that show that um, we we had an interview today with James Darcy, who plays Jarvis on the show, yeah. um, and our very own Max Nicholson asked him for us if he you know if he thought that he would like to explore Jarvis's relationship with Tony and what kind of influence he had on him. And I don't know if this is true or not, but as an actor, he theorized that Jarvis actually never knew Tony and that mm. Tony's Jarvis is his fantasy version of what the real Jarvis meant to his dad, Howard. Oh, wow. Yeah, I which I thought that. was a really interesting theory, which will be up also on IGN where you can watch, read the rest of that interview. But there are, uh, for those people that are not watching Agent Carter, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should. Uh, it's so good. As soon as my internet starts working at my place, I'll watch <laughs> it. Uh, and there okay. are little drop Easter eggs for the MCU. So okay, well we gotta we Get gotta wrap it. it up here in a minute. Opening this weekend uh, are three movies that will not take down American Sniper, <laughs> uh, Project Almanac, <laughs> which you have a review going up of, which is you gave it an okay review. Yeah. The Loft, which I'm actually kind of curious about, but I swear to God, I only knew this thing was happening like this week. Uh, oh, Carl the, Urban and James Marsden, a bunch of cheating husbands oh, have yeah, this place Marsden. that they share, and then they find a dead woman in their secret whoa, love pad. Whoa. As happens. Did you say I mean, if, it's, if, if I've seen it happens. happen once, I've seen it happen. I, I know. <laughs> that and then uh, awesome. Black or White with uh, Kevin Costner uh, and uh, Anthony Mackie. Um, but yeah, none of them are going to take out nope. American Sniper, nope. not on Super Bowl weekend, nope. not in our America. <laughs> uh, not in any America. What will? Have, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we're going to have, um, we're going to be updating. We have an existing story right now with our Super, uh, Super Bowl trailers and spots. We will be updating that uh, as more and more of them kind of trickle out. Uh, to the press, to the public, uh, so keep it on IGN for that. Are we supposed to say what we think it is? What this we weekend? think what is? Well, it's I think, American I think Sniper. It's going to yeah. be Sniper, and then I actually think it will be Project Almanac, and yeah. then maybe Paddington. Huh. Maybe oh, Paddington. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, think that's the one and two as well. Sniper, it'll still be, probably be like 35 30. million or yeah, something 30, like that. It'll, it'll, it'll still uh, be uh, cashing them checks. Uh, but... We, we have to make room now in our podcast for Lance Reddick, uh, but shoot us your, your thoughts at keepingitreal at IGN.com. See, we do read them. Yes. Uh, and then uh, give us a shout out on iTunes. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Now stay tuned for Lance Reddick. Hey, everybody. Uh, Jim and Roth here with a very special guest, Mr. Lance Reddick. We're here to talk about John Wick and other, other films and TV projects, but John Wick... Uh, we voted it Best Action Movie mm -hmm. of 2014. Uh, Lance, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, let's kick it off by talking about the, the very, very cool element of John Wick that I think is, differentiates it from other sort of Hitman movies. And this is where your character comes in, the Hitman Hotel. <laughs> All right, when, when you were reading that script, uh, were you, were you, uh, tell us about your reaction to, to that sort of element being introduced. I, I just had never, on, on the one hand, you know, when, when I read the script, initially when I read the script, I thought, well, this is uh, kind of a, uh, genre-wise, it's kind of a, story-wise, it's kind of a standard revenge film. Uh, Mild-mannered guy turns out to be the baddest guy in the universe. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, um, the characters are so rich, and one of the things that uh, was so great to me, for me about when I saw the film was that what 
what I imagined after reading it on the page actually came to life on the screen. Um, and the, the whole notion that there's this whole world, there's this hotel that is, that this really, really upscale hotel that caters to the top thieves, some of the top thieves and killers in the world. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about how you found your character because I thought what was so cool about him is that he was the epitome of the perfect concierge. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even in the midst of, and we won't spoil anything, but violence and chaos, <laughs> we won't say what it, what it is, it's just like, I'm so sorry to disturb you. So can you just talk a little bit about who you were utilizing sort of as archetypes for him? Believe it or not, and I, I said this uh, a little earlier uh, in another interview, but uh, uh, two things. One, believe it or not, the accent helped a lot. Um, it, when, I, when I first got the offer, I didn't realize that the character was African, and so I saw it in the script. And then when they told me, you know, and I only had about a week from the time they got the offer to the time we were shooting, when they told me that um, I didn't have to use an accent, I said, well, no, 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 I think I want to do that. And so that, that uh, uh, and I did a, I, I did, did a Kenyan accent. And I felt that that really helped um, with the formality of the character. And believe it or not, the other, the thing that kept coming, the, the character that kept coming to mind was Hector Alessandro's character in Pretty Woman. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> That's perfect great. if he was there to service killers rather than prostitutes yeah. upward mobilizing. <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to uh, ask you, though, about the, the sort of the mythology that this, this movie introduces this very different element in the hotel, and it really did become sort of a talking point amongst fans and action fans, um, and you're the face of it, so you must be kind of stoked that this, you know, has become this sort of breakout element of the, of the movie. I, I guess I didn't realize how cool, just because, you know, so much of the movie is about the gang, the particular gang that he's after and his, his chasing them, that uh, I didn't realize how much the hotel, almost a, as a character in and of itself, would pop in the film until I saw it. So yeah, it's really cool. You wanna, you wanna spend more time there. I mean, it's almost to the point where I don't, there isn't a John Wick sequel, I don't think. Um, but there's or maybe, or, or, but there's maybe a world in which we see more of this hotel. I mean, is that something that you think would be interesting? A lot of people, yes. For, well, first, yes. And a lot of people I've talked to, both um, fans of the film and people who work on the film, think that that would be very cool. So, yeah. I, 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 I want to start a campaign frankly, for a TV series wood, of it. So. Yeah. Any, anything in the works? Or? I, all I can say is that there's been talk. Okay. That's exciting well, we, to hear. No, I mean, I totally, I, I, I could see this being this sort of like a, a TV series, almost like an anthology thing, yeah. when you're like, where you're like the the host and a character in it, and almost like Mr. Rourke in Fantasy Island, where people yeah. come in and things happen, things change, and then and you're the you're the main you're the constant. We're you know? pitching I mean, it now. The, the what series, I'm saying is, we're we're going to do this right I now. Mean, the <laughs> series, I mean, it, the the a sequel might work better for me only because I'm on another. I'm on Bosch right now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, I'm one of the leads in Bosch, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So, and I, I'm dying to have more stuff to do with Ian McShane because yeah. I just feel uh, I, even though you don't, see, we never interact together in the film. Um, just in preparing the character, I felt that that relationship was very intimate. It's a very cool relationship. Did you guys sort of talk about? Did you talk about the backstory, kind of like what what that relationship was about, the genesis of the hotel, things like that? No. 
Okay. They wanted I mean, to. The directors, <laughs> the directors talked to me a little bit about just uh, the notion that, uh, even though I think I think my character's name is Sharon, C H E R O N, even though it's, it's never said in the film, um, that he's the kind of guy that, if push came to shove, uh, the sawed off shotgun could come out, yeah. and the trigger could get pulled, and then it'd be back to business. Yeah, immediately. Yes. Yeah. Reminds me kind of of, uh, I'm a big Westerns fan, and sort of the the guy that runs the saloon or the hotel in, in a Western um, who seems like they, they, they kind of represent a civilization, if you will. But yeah, there's that edge there. If you bring trouble or you break the rules of, of the saloon, you're going out. Yeah. Yeah. Legs first. <laughs> um, I think. I think. Oh, sorry. I think one of the interesting things about this film. Did I cut you off? No. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> is that is that it brings up this question for animal lovers? Which I, this isn't giving any way, anything away, but I think people know it's that the the, trailer, yeah. the inciting incident is this dog getting hurt. And the question has become, how many people would have to die if they hurt your animal? For like animal? And I feel like 86 is a decent number. I feel like he kind of had it right. Is that how many people, I didn't count. Is that how many I tried to count. Yeah. I tried yeah. to count. John, John Wick loved that dog, and he only had him like two days. But yeah. man, yeah. Don't, don't cross a man on his puppy. You don't. Well, the thing, one of the things that's fascinating to me is how, in, in terms of storytelling, um, they managed to... They managed to succeed, succeed in making the audience associate the dog with his wife. Mm -hmm. So that, we, you know what I mean? Right. So for me, I never questioned, and maybe I'm biased, <laughs> for me, I never questioned uh, why, why he was doing what he did. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thing about these vengeance tales where, and there's other ones too, but this one has this particular twist, right? That yeah. people are like, it's just a... Um, it's just a dog, you know. Don't say um, that to my wife. Don't. <laughs> I mean, when when she first saw the trailer, she said, "Oh, please don't." She loves dogs. Uh, please don't have. Oh, I saw the movie before the the trailer was felt. released, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. I'm like, don't, don't do this. Oh, they did it to the dog, and that I was in. Then I'm like, yeah. Keanu, all of them, take them all out. I, <laughs> I think that's the divide. Is like, if you're really an animal lover, I felt like that too. I almost felt like I can't even watch it because I, yeah. I don't want to see it happen. But then I was so behind him. So just, I mean, talk a little bit about vengeance tales. Why? It's an interesting aspect of human nature that we love to watch this play out. Just full-scale murder oh, that's <laughs> for our wrongdoing. You know, I've never really thought about that. Um, well, that's a really great question. Uh, there's something, you know, it's really interesting because uh, I feel like, like there's this, um, that kind of is not the right word, but uh, shit, what's the word? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, not contradiction. Um, uh, paradox? Thank you. Yes. Uh, there's this, <laughs> there's we'll this, take that. paradox for 200. There's, there's this paradox in human nature where, and I feel like we see it play out a lot in uh, uh, American film in particular, where we, we love a winner, but we also root for the underdog. Mm -hmm. So the thing I think about uh, revenge tales is that we get to have our cake and eat it too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, now, in the time that we have you, I do kind of want to ask about some of the, the other sort of projects, movies and TV uh, shows that you've been associated with. One, by the way, I was just, I binge watched over the, the weekend, which was Beware the Batman. And you did, <laughs> you did Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul. Uh, there's, there's 
two There's schools so, of thought so about many, how you say his name. This is such a debate. So but you say Raish. I say Raish. Okay. okay. Uh, what was it like playing uh, that very kind of iconic Batman villain? And because that show did so many, like, sort of villains that unless hardcore, unless you were a hardcore fan, you might not know, but Raish was the big, the big name. Yeah. I mean, Raish, except for the Joker, Raish is probably Batman's uh, most notorious hit yeah. nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. I mean, it was, um, I don't often get intimidated just by virtue of what the role is, but that was intimidating Yeah. to play Ra's al Ghul. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I had never done, I mean, the only other <clears throat> animated, uh, animated series that I'd ever done before was uh, a, 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 an episode of, uh, as the Falcon on, um, that's right. On uh, the Avengers, uh, yeah. not the, not Avengers Assemble, but Mighty Avengers. The right. Avengers before that, um, where and that was a completely different experience because I was just sitting by myself doing my lines, whereas in Beware the Batman, we would do like as much of the cast as they could get would be there. We do a read through rehearsal and then we do it like we're doing a live performance. That's uh, awesome. And then we go back. I had back. no idea they did it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we were, you're actually able to play off the other people. So it's like that a radio makes, play, yeah. basically, exactly. at that point. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I always like when I hear, and you can tell sort of a little bit when they're yeah. when they're doing it that way. Like Fantastic Mr. Fox, not to not change gears too much here, but they did that too, and you can totally hear it in the movie where mm. the cast was basically all together and they just recorded it live right Wait, there. Wait, what? Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's a George Clooney and Wes Anderson animated movie, mm. but I digress. Um, <laughs> but inter- before, actually, this no, is no, digressing. Just one, I just gotta say, I had, I just finished watching the entire season series, yeah. the, all twenty six episodes, yeah. and man, we, yeah, I was I'm, bummed. We gotta get, we gotta find a way to bring that back. I mean, it, yeah. it could be yeah. one of those things too, where where it'll just develop such a cult following that they'll have to do. Well, we're gonna like. we're gonna start a couple of campaigns today. I think yes. that we're gonna start for, well, for the sequel, the Downward sequel, <laughs> yeah. Downward sequel <laughs> and then for the in terms of. of of Raish, did you have you looked at sort of some of the other people that have taken on this this role? And not that you would ever be doing what they did, but do you have a take on what they brought to him? There's well, I knew that. Um, oh shoot, why can't I think of her name? The casting director, Andrea Romano. Thank you. Yes. Wow, I'm, I'm like a fan. You're, you're a I'm your life. I, if, yeah. if you're ever in a game show, <laughs> yeah. celebrity game show, and you need a lifeline, I'm, I'm the one that asks you the questions that. Need him to <laughs> fill in the blank. Uh, My mind is a, a wealth of useless trivia. <laughs> Paradox so. and Andrea Romano. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the things she said was that she didn't want to do a, necessarily a British thing because that's kind of the way. Even though I love his interpretation uh, from the original um, uh, Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't remember once again. I can't remember the name of the actor. David um, Warner. Sorry. <laughs> is, is it David Warner? Yeah. I just, I just, I just know that he's a photographer that's killed in the yeah. <laughs> Um But um, so, yeah, I tried to do kind of a Middle Eastern. Yeah. Just thing. true yeah. to the character's yeah. roots, right. too. But um, uh, we're also big uh, fans of, of Fringe. We're big wire, fans of, of yours. Let's yeah. just face it. I mean, Fringe, The Wire, American Horror Story. I thought that was so cool. I have a Papa Legba uh, cool. thing up on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a great character. That was a, that was a cool, cool experience. Might you ever, um, now that we're there, might you ever, since it's sort of the American Horror Story players, pop up again? I I haven't been asked, so, but with, I, you never know. I yeah. don't know. 
Would you like, was that a fun experience? That was a fantastic experience. Yeah. It was one of those, I mean, not to sound cliche, and it's going anyway, but um, it, it was one of those experiences that made me remember why I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I mean, my first day on set was a three-page scene with, scene with Jessica Lyon. Wow. I mean. Um, where I get to almost <laughs> kiss her at the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. They had, they had such a great rapport, but um, what I asked too about, has it been interesting for you with The Wire to see sort of with that, I mean, first of all, it's been re-released now. It's been remastered. Have you seen any of that? I haven't seen, the remastered? I mean, I've seen, believe it or not, I've seen the actual, the entire series three times already. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen it remastered. Okay. Does it look even cooler? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I think that what's interesting about the remastering is that it reintroduces it again to a whole new audience, which yeah. is, which is, it, that's sort of what I want to ask you about. Watching how television has changed and how it's consumed has changed. It's been interesting to see the wire grow and grow and grow um, as time has passed. It's not been forgotten. It's more and more people find it all the time. It gets more and more recognition. It's the only... I personally don't think I've ever seen a phenomenon quite like it. Because mm -hmm. um, when we were on, we were like kind of that cool black show on HBO that nobody's watching. Right. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we had to fight to stay on the air the last two seasons. And then when we aired the last season, suddenly it was as though the floodgates opened it. And a lot of it was just uh, that it reached a tipping point in terms of word of mouth. Um, Kind of like Breaking Bad, I mean, too, this in is, that way. Yeah, yeah the wire is really good. Yeah, but Breaking like, Bad, yeah. I mean, by the middle of its run, it was starting to become a right, yeah. right. community powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with the, you know, sort of with time, as time has passed, this is considered like one of, if not the best series on television ever. It's, I often, mean, it's widely regarded as the best elite dramatic series ever. Ever. I mean, television. so is this the thing that you are recognized for? Is it, is it the wire? Is it fringe? What is it that people say? Uh, fr at this point... Fringe in the wire, it's about 50 50. Yeah. Yeah. And the but I mean, I never, you, because I've done so many different things, you know, I never know. Occasionally, people recognize me from Lost and only know me yeah. from that. I mean, I, I somebody, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, after the, um, the remastered version came out, uh, and um, I don't remember how many weeks, how many weeks ago it was, um, and everybody was tweeting about it. Um, one guy tweeted, um, great actor, it's weird that he only seems to do commercials now, get commercials now. Because Who since the wire, the only thing he's seen me do is the Cree commercials. <laughs> uh, that night, that guy needs to yeah. help more or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, but I, mean I, had, I had a woman come up to me in the gym a couple weeks ago, and she stopped and she said, are oh, you the guy from the Kim Peel, Peel skit? I said, yeah. <laughs> of many things, but yeah, yes. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, with, the, uh, with the, the, the wealth of sort of these sort of iconic things that you've now been part of, and you mentioned Lost. I know last year was the 10th anniversary, and we did a lot of retrospectives on that, but I don't know if we actually get a chance to ask you, like, what do you, what do you think it was? We did not. What do you think it was about Lost that even 10 years out, it is still this sort of like, pop cultural touchstone. People still talk about it. And one, I can't believe it's been now over 10 years, but like, why yeah, do you think that show well. stayed within the kind of the, the public consciousness even after it's been off the air? It's, it's, it's a lot of genre shows do kind of fade once their moment's done, you know? Yeah, but except that, I mean, kind of like, I feel like X-Files is another example of that. 
uh, of a genre show that kind of changed mm-hmm. the landscape of television when it came out because of the way that it, the type of storytelling, you know, it, it, it particularly for network television, um, I just feel like Lost really kind of changed the game for um, the, the, that kind of un, truly ensemble, um, complex story, you know, right. myth, mythological storytelling. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's just. And, and on top of the, on top of which, it was just such a huge hit, huge, you know, pop culture hit when it was on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you? And and we hate to sort of put you on the spot here. I'm going to anyway. Do you have a favorite? I mean, these are some great projects from John Wick to to certainly The Wire. I mean, Lost. For I love Fringe. I'm a huge um, Fringe fan, and I I hope that that will have life after its life and people will continue to discover it. Well, it's funny because that's another show that it just seems like, uh, I don't know how many people, it's funny, some friends of my, uh, uh, my wife from college uh, were just over and they just, they, they, weren't, they didn't watch Fringe when it was on and I've met so many people that are just discovering Fringe now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's gonna continue. And that's another one that uh, even though, um, you know, it's a, it's a little tricky because as far as sci-fi goes, it was kind of in the wake of of the X Files and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. But I feel like for um, this may sound like an odd thing to say, but I feel like for sci-fi drama, Fringe did for kind of the the family what Battlestar did for kind of the um, uh, what what X Files did for kind of the, the detective series, and yeah. what Battlestar did for the uh, kind of epic war war series. story. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's a very relationship-driven show. We we were just talking about how we got to see in the alternate u- universe a little more of that from yeah. from Broyles yeah. as well, which was really nice yeah. as a fan. Um, I'm just curious uh, about uh, if there are any big uh, projects, characters, stories that uh, you would love to be part of that uh, you know maybe haven't come your way yet. That you know, if you had a dream. Adaptation, movie, play, anything that you would love to do, what would it be? There's a few things. Um, hopefully, not to this in future, because um, but um, I would love to do another a great film version of Othello. Mm-hmm. Um, this may sound odd, but I really want to play Man of La Mancha on Broadway. Wow. <laughs> Why would that sound yeah. odd? <laughs> Uh, and the other thing is, there's a, there's, there's, even though it's kind of, they, they haven't made it, um, there's a, a screenplay of a George Pelicanos uh, novel called um, Writer's Rain, I think. Um, I'd love to do that. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a buddy cop. Nice. Um, I know we have to probably let you go pretty soon, right. but... Um, our our colleague Eric Goldman would murder me if, if we didn't also mention the guest. Which, if people haven't seen yes. the guest, it's a very cool movie. That is a cool movie. Also, yeah. this <laughs> year, which which um, I mean, that's funny. That and John work with two of the highest um, rated films of 2014. And what do they have in common, Hollywood? This guy. This guy. This guy. Well, <laughs> I mean, the guest. The, the, the guest. I mean, the, the the producers and the director and the writer had something to do with it. Sure, we'll give Dan that. Stevens a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Dan Stevens did all right. But that's another one where we had Very a great un- cast. Right, 
did you watch Downton? I mean, I'm just, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit. But the first thing I said, it was like, this is very uncousin Matthew-like. Well, <laughs> believe it or not, one of the reasons I signed on to the project was because he was on it, because I was such a fan of his work in Downton Abbey. Were you? Because the thing, the, uh, I remember the first time his character came on screen and I thought, oh my gosh, it's boring. <laughs> boring, no sign. And he made nice guys cool. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, that's a really, as a, if you're an actor and you're watching that, you know how hard that role is. Yeah. And he made that thing. I mean, every time he came on screen, he popped. Which is very like Jimmy Stewart-like, right? Like, it's very hard to make the nice guy interesting, I think. I think it's super yes. rare. It's yeah. a rare, very yeah. rare quality. Yeah. But he also made the bad guy pretty interesting in The Guest. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I mean, Dan Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a great actor. I mean, he's a yeah. great actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell us uh, it, before we uh, we wrap up here any of the uh, upcoming stuff that uh, your fans can be looking for that you're in or that you're working well, you're, on? You're on the air right now. Uh, the two big things are Bosch, uh, which starts streaming the thirteenth uh, February thirteenth. Okay. Uh, so the first season. And the other thing is a film that um, I did about a year and a half ago called, um, oh my goodness, what's the matter with me? Uh, it's, a, it's a comedy uh, starring Adam Pally and... Um, I can't help you on yeah, this do one. Do you have the answer? It's, it's starring Adam Pally and T.J. Miller and um, Thomas Middleditch. Uh, and uh, it's called, oh my gosh. It's called Wicked Funny. Go no, watch no, this no, movie. No, 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 <laughs> no. We, 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 we can't turn the camera off until I can Okay. Yeah, I, can, you, I can look it up on you, my phone you if you want. You look it up on your phone and then we can circle back since you, since you didn't answer your favorite thing, you don't actually have to answer it. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. To. Okay, well, find out, find out the name of the movie. And, um, search Party. Search, search Party. party. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, wait. I think I know of this. Uh, I think I interviewed uh, another actor who's part of, who else is in that, the, the, the film with you on that one? Well, um, well most of my scenes were with Adam Pally. Uh, uh, the other two leads are Thomas Middleditch and T.J. Miller, who are also starring in. You know what? Um, I think yeah, I interviewed T.J. Miller recently at New York Comic Con. I think you mentioned it. So yeah. all right. Um, um, but uh, are there any? And of course, we have to ask everybody this because we're IGN. But any superhero movies or Star Wars characters that you would love to take a crack at on the big screen? Oh well. <laughs> If there's an independent Black Panther movie, I'd love to play Chaka. There is. Really? There Chala, is. Chala it's, it's in the, it's it, in the it, works. Yeah, yeah, it's been announced. Um, he's going to be. A, if it's an origin story. Um, yeah. Well, uh, well it's, uh, Chadwick Boseman is playing Chadwick Boseman is playing, yeah. yeah. Um, and he will be introduced in, I love that we're giving him this Marvel in, lesson, in um, Captain America Civil War. But you, yeah. let's talk to Marvel. Talk to Marvel yeah. right now. Yeah. Marvel and I'd also love to play uh, the Martian Manhunter. If okay. If there's a. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, so those are the two movie. dreams. All right, yeah. boy, we have a we have a full list of, of things we're gonna make happen. Well, here. I mean, John Wick TV dreams. show. I mean, John Stewart would be great too. Okay, yeah. the other green. You're gonna have to fight yeah. Tyrese for that one. He's been yeah. on social media all over, oh, like yeah. doing his uh, his fan art. Well, say, well if I get John, if I get March Man out, he can. He can <laughs> awesome. All right, we well, have a lot of campaigns to start Twitter. We, we do, so let's and get we're on. gonna need your guys' help. But, uh, thank you so much, Lance Reddick, for joining us today. And uh, John Wick on Blu-ray, and uh, Bosch is uh, is now on the air, and it's uh, streaming. It'll be streaming. well. It'll be streaming February thirteenth. February thirteenth. Yeah, uh, awesome. Weeks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, for all things on Lance Reddick's uh, projects, keep it here on IGN.